right, today we are continuing our series, Bucket List, and today what we are looking at is our dream home. I, I, I really believe that most people think before they die, there is a, they would like to have a special home that they live in. And I, Emily and I have talked about our dream home before, and we think it'd be really neat to live if we lived on the water, if we had a bunch of land, or, or something like that. Of course, I would have to have people take care of it if we actually live there. But we all have these different ideas about what we think would be our dream home. Now, unfortunately, I think for most people, when we talk about a dream home, that's, that's just sort of where it stays, right? It's a, it just simply is a dream. doesn't move beyond that. Unless you happen to have been the lucky contest, uh, contestant on HGTV. Uh, do you all ever watch that one, the HGTV Dream Home Edition, where you, you, know, you uh, apply, put your name in so many times. I think Janie put our name in like 300 times. We did not win. Uh, but the home was a cool one. They, they did the drawing in April, and you might remember that dream home was in Merritt Island, Florida. I mean, it was right on the water. It was absolutely, it was a, it was a pretty cool setup. And so the house was right on the water, and not only did you get the house, though, uh, you also got a brand new boat, a brand new Denali, and $250,000 in cash for a grand total of $1.8 million. How does that sound to y'all? I don't know about you, I mean, some of you are probably, you know, sitting there thinking, I mean, like Greg Butler's thinking, well, that would be a step down for me and my family. But for people like me, you know, I'm thinking, man, I would love to have a house like that. So what, what are we going to be talking about today about how do we get a home like that? Well, it's interesting that whenever you look into the Bible, Jesus actually speaks of a dream home. And he speaks of a dream home that he is preparing for those who are his followers. And so today what we're going to do is we're going to look in John chapter 14. We're going to look in the first four verses. And in those four verses, we are going to see that one thing God has in mind for his people, what he has in mind for those who are his followers, is for them to have the dream home that he's built for them. And so we're going to see that in John 14, 1 through 4. And just to let you know, this is a passage of Scripture that I probably read, along with the 23rd Psalm, I read this passage of Scripture more than any other Scripture at funerals. And the reason why is because this Scripture today, it is speaking, it's speaking of heaven. And the way that it speaks of heaven is in a very, you know, just a, a very wonderful way where we get a good picture of what God has in, has in mind for his believers. Now, when Jesus said these words in these four verses, Jesus was talking to his disciples who were tremendously distressed at this time. And the reason why is because Jesus had just told his disciples that he was getting ready to leave them. Uh, as a matter of fact, he said he was getting ready to die. And, and I'm sure part of the thought process for the disciples at this point was, well, listen, we've just invested everything that we've had with you for three years, and now you're telling us you're checking out? And so Jesus wanted to comfort them. He said, I'm leaving you, but I'm going somewhere else to prepare a place for you, and then I'm going to bring you to be with me someday. And so as a word of encouragement, and, and my hope for you today is that you will see the scripture as a word of encouragement for you as well. To know that God has prepared, is preparing a dream home for those who follow him. 
Now, some of you might be saying, well, that sounds a little bit too good to be true. Well, what I'd like for us to do is to simply take a look at some reasons that we can have confidence that when Jesus says that he is preparing a dream home for his people, that, that we can have confidence. That's true. And, and the very first reason we can have confidence that he's preparing a dream home for his followers is this. It's very simple. It's because Jesus said he would. That we can have confidence that God has a dream home in mind for you, and he's building it for his followers very simply because Jesus said he was going to do it. Uh, if you look in chapter 14, verses 1 and 2, it's what Jesus said to his disciples. He said, your heart must not be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many dwelling places, and if not, I would have told you. And I'm going away to prepare a place for you. Now, I'm not, a, I'm not a proponent, really, of believing everything that you hear. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think that uh, you, you, need to, you need to really take a look at the source of what you are hearing, take things with a grain of salt. If you want to know if something <clears throat> is true that somebody has said, the best thing you can do is look to see how that person has operated on, in the past. Because I believe the greatest indicator of somebody's future is what they have done in the past. And so, you know, somebody has a track record of lying, then there's a good chance that in the future they're going to do the same thing. And so you want to make sure that you, you look at their past so that you can have an understanding of what their future is going to be. So what did Jesus tell his disciples? He said, I'm preparing a place for you. He said, the place that I'm preparing for you, it is a place that will last. It is a place that is for an eternity. Now, where was this place? Well, one thing we can know is it was not here. Because Jesus said, I'm getting ready to die. I'm getting ready to leave. Where was he going? He was going to heaven. What was he going to do in heaven? Jesus said he was going to prepare a place for those who were his followers. Now, this, to be honest with you, this would have been devastating news for the disciples at this time. Because when they began to follow Jesus, they were following him because they thought on this earth, right here, that Jesus was going to establish a kingdom, that he was going to kick the occupying government out of where they were, which was Rome, and he's going to make himself king. And they thought, this will be great. You know, we're already close to Jesus. We're going to rule with Jesus. And then Jesus sort of takes all the air out of their balloon and says, but I am leaving here. But where I'm going is going to be even better. He said, I'm going to a place that is known as heaven. It's where God dwells, and I'm building a place for you there. Now, guys, when we talk about heaven, it's not something that's just been made up. It is something that Jesus talks about. And so here's the big question. Why would news like this make the disciples feel better? Well, it's because the words came from Jesus. You say, why should they have trusted what Jesus said? Remember, you want to look at somebody's past to get a better picture of what their future's like. Now, here's what it says about Jesus. In Hebrews 4.15, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet was without sin. Now, if Jesus never sinned, one thing that does mean is that he never lied. 
Titus 1-2 tells us it is impossible for God to lie. So when Jesus here in our text tells us that he's building a dream home for his followers, you know what that means? I mean, it's true. It means that whenever he makes a promise, he always keeps it. Now, where we get in trouble is whenever we begin to trust in ourselves and in our logic and in our reasoning over the reasoning of God. And the Bible tells us very simply in Proverbs 28, 26, he who trusts in himself is a fool, but he who walks in wisdom and the wisdom of God is kept safe. Now, now think about who Jesus is. Who is Jesus? He is the Son of God. Who is Jesus? He is the creator of all things. He keeps his word. We're told in John 1, 1 through 3, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning, and through Him all things were made, with, and without Him nothing was made that has been made. So God makes everything. Jesus has made everything. So why do we struggle with Jesus' Word and what He says? And I believe one of the major reasons why is because we don't know what He says. And we haven't looked into Scripture to discover the promises that God gives his people. And what's the promise he gives his people? He says, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Now, when you don't know the promises that God gives, man, it's so easy to go through this life living in anxiety and fear about our future. When God is telling us, I have already taken care of your future. Yeah, I remember a few years ago, whenever we were in the, the church was in Haiti, it's one of the last times I had gone. And when I was down there, uh, you know, they give you this little green ticket for, for customs when you're coming back home. You have to keep it, you fill it out, and then whenever it's time for you to go home, you give the customs guy your, your green ticket, and then you're able to get on the plane and go home. Well, you know, so we're sitting there in line, we're going home, and the line's kind of moving a little bit slow, and I'm standing there. I'm, I'm checking to make sure I have everything. I got my passport, and I look at my passport, and I put my green ticket in there. I have my green ticket. So I'm looking at that green ticket, and I've already filled it out. And then there's somebody tapping on my shoulder, and I turn around, and it's, it's, it's Brantley Hannah. I don't know how many of y'all know Brantley. And so it's Brantley. And so you, this will make sense to you. Hey, man, I can't find my green ticket. And then I'm like, what? He's, I, can't, I, find, I can't find my ticket. I can't go home if I don't have my ticket. Of course, because I'm very sympathetic towards people, I said, Brantley, I hope you love Haiti because you're going to be here for the rest of your life. And so Brantley was, I mean, he's get, I mean you can tell he's, kinda, he's getting a little, a little anxious because the lines were, were kind of creeping forward. And so we began, you know, some of the guys were starting to look for his stuff and, and uh, trying to find it. And it's becoming more and more evident that Brent, it ain't no green ticket. He doesn't have it anywhere. And so I'm trying to console him, and I was like, Brantley, that's all right. Jennifer's going to get remarried, and she'll marry a good man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> and so so I'm, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can. And, and, uh, but it was interesting that as we're moving closer and closer to the front, you know, I, I, I really didn't have, for, I didn't have any, personally, I did not have any anxiety. Now, Brantley did. Now, you know why I didn't have anxiety? Because I had my green ticket. I was good. Brantley, he was worried because he did not have his ticket. And, you know, in, in a sense, that's where, that's where we are in life. Y'all, we are moving closer and closer to the front of the line where we're getting ready to deal with the customs agent. It's going to be God. And the question is, do you have your ticket? And, and if you do, then you don't have to live in anxiety and fear about the future. 
And one thing that I discover is God wants us to know that we have a future in Him. And He wants us to know that when we follow Him, that He prepares a place for us. And we can have confidence in that because Jesus said it. But, but here's another reason why we can have confidence that God prepares a home for His followers. And this one's a pretty simple one. It's because heaven has an address. In other words, heaven, it, it is a real place. It is not some ethereal concept. You know, there have been times when I've eaten something and it's been really good, and I thought, man, I'm in heaven right now. You know, that is not, that's not the heaven of the Bible. It's, it's not a feeling. You know what it is? It is a place. In verse number 2, it says, In my Father's house are many dwelling places. If not, I would have told you. And I'm going, to prepare, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to myself so that where I am, there you may be also. You know what I notice in those verses? He's speaking of a real place. I mean, a physical place. Jesus is telling his disciples that there's going to be a day when I will come back for you and I'm going to bring you to a specific location. This place, so to speak, it has an address. It's not just some ethereal thing that's floating out there. Now, Jesus told them this in order to encourage his disciples. He didn't want them to feel abandoned. So he said, I'm building a place for you. Now, I know that whenever we move, typically, some of the things we think about a house before we move into it, you know, we think about cost, of course, but then we think about size. Is it big enough? Is it gonna, are we going to have enough room in this house? Is it going to be able to take care of me and my family? Well, then we think about heaven, and God's preparing a place for us. So I asked some questions about, well, what kind of place is this going to be? You know, is it, going to be, is it going to be big enough? Well, if you look in our text, it says that, that Jesus says, in my Father's house are many dwelling places. Now, the version of the Bible that I'm using, this is not my favorite version for this verse. I, I like the version that says, in my Father's house are many mansions. Now, that sounds better, doesn't it? When I think about a dream home, hey, I've got a dwelling place for you. Is it like a cave? Okay, but then I think about what, what Jesus says in another, another version. About, he has a mansion for you. That sort of relieves me a little bit. When we talk about heaven and God preparing a place for you, this is not going to be some, it's not going to be some, you know, complex where people are just jammed in together. Jesus says, I, I am preparing a mansion for each of you. It's a dream home, isn't it? I mean, this is a special place. Jesus said there are many dwelling places. That word many is emphasizing, it's emphasizing that, that there is going to be enough room. It's not like there's going to be, we're not going to go to heaven and stand before God, and he's going to say, man, I'm so glad you trusted me, but we are out of space. And it's not going to happen. Jesus, I, I am preparing that he is prepared. He's not going to be caught off guard. There's going to be plenty of space for his people. He says there are many places. That word places is in reference to durability. It means everlasting. It means that whenever you move into the place that God has for his followers, that those are places that are well built. And they are going to last for an eternity. Isn't that neat? Your dream home is never going to need repairs. And Jesus said, I, I'm building a place for you, and if I build it for you, you're going to live in it. That's why our verse says today, if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come back and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Now here's the question. Do you believe that? 
You know, when Jesus says this, do you trust that what he says is true? Do, do you hang on to it believing that he doesn't lie? And you may say, well, I've never, I've never seen heaven. How can I trust that? And I understand that point. Remember, we, we, we look at the past, the past character of God, the past character of Jesus, and the greatest indicator of someone's past, or the greatest indicator of the future, is what someone's past is like, how they've lived and acted. Well, God's always been faithful. And so I'm going to have faith that he's going to be true to his word in the future as well. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the reality of what is hoped for, the proof of what is not Seen. You might say, well, how can I trust that, that there really is a heaven when I've never seen it before? Guys, we have trust and faith like this all the time. You know, even when, you, when you even mail a letter, you are having faith. Do you know that? You know, if you do it like the old, I mean, I know we don't really mail letters that much anymore, but, you know, whenever you actually write a letter, you will, you know, put it in an envelope, you address it, then you walk to the mailbox, you open it up, shove it in there, and you pull up the flag, right? Now, for some of y'all who are younger, you might not have known that. So you, you pull up the flag. Now, why, why do we do that? What, what, do we, what do we believe is going to happen when we do that? That the letter is going to arrive where we send it. I don't see it happen. I've never seen it happen. But I still do it. I will, I will actually put, I, I put money in envelopes before, believing that it's going to arrive at its destination. No, no, why do I do that? Because it's, I've seen it happen before. I've received stuff before. I've received stuff, so I'm like, well, this is, it's got to happen. So I just stick it in there, and I trust that it's going to happen. Same thing is true with Jesus. You know, we don't have TripAdvisor with heaven. You know, I don't get online and say, hey, my buddy Bill, who died a few years ago, wrote a review. Now, that would be neat. And he's got like, hey, here's a picture of me and, you know, St. Peter hanging out. And then I'd be like, that is awesome. I've never seen that before. So then why can I trust in something I've never seen? Because I've experienced God moving in my life before. I've seen God answer prayers before. And so I look at those areas where he's answered me and he's been true to me. And then I look in this area and say, Lord, I'm going to have faith that you're going to be true to your word here as well. So I can have confidence that when Jesus says, I'm preparing a dream home for you, that it's true, first of all, because Jesus said it. Second of all, because when he speaks of heaven, it's, it's a real place. It has an address. And then I also have confidence because of this, because Jesus gave directions. You know, if something's not real, you don't give directions. Jesus gave directions. If you look in verse number 4, it, it's interesting. Jesus said, you know the way where I am going. Jesus said, I'm getting ready to die, and I'm going to, I'm going to go to heaven to prepare a place for you. And then Jesus told the disciples, and you know the way where I am going. Now, there's a disciple that Jesus had that responded to what Jesus said right here. His name's Thomas. He was better known as Doubting Thomas. Y'all heard that one before, Doubting Thomas? I think, he, I think he's, uh, he, he gets the short end of the stick. I don't think he should be called Doubting Thomas. He, he is honest, Thomas. I mean, he's the guy who says stuff that we all think. Right? I mean, he just, he just says stuff. One of my favorite, y'all, this has nothing to do with the text today, but I, I just love this part, this story about Thomas. Uh, the, 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 Jesus is saying, I'm, hey, I gotta go to, I'm going to go see Lazarus. And the people in Jerusalem, are, they were ready to kill Jesus. And Thomas, because he's such a positive guy like me, he tells the disciples, he says, oh, let's go with Jesus and die. I just love that guy. 
I mean, it's a guy, and now he's committed to Jesus. We're going to follow him, but we're going to die. Now, and so here he says, Jesus, I don't know what in the world. You say we know the place how to get there? I don't know how to get there. And Jesus responds. I'm going to give you directions. Verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. He said, I give you directions. Jesus isn't hiding heaven from us. Now, the world confuses us with this. What the world does today is tell us, hey, it doesn't matter, we're all going to end up there anyway. The world tells us it doesn't matter what God you serve, what God you worship, they all give the same kind of message, and basically they're the same God anyway, so it doesn't matter. Y'all, if you read this book, let me tell you something. The political correct garbage that's out there about religion is not in this book. Jesus said, I am the only way to heaven. Acts 4.12, it says, There is no other name under heaven by which man must be saved. It is the name of Jesus. The very first commandment in the Old Testament says, You shall have no other gods before me. So if we're looking to go to heaven and have the dream home that Jesus says that he'll give to us, then we better pay attention to the one who gives the directions on how to get there. And that is Jesus. You see, he's the one who blazes the trail for us to be able to come into contact and relationship with God. I love the story about the missionary who was, who was over, overseas, and he's going to speak at a conference to teach teachers the Bible. But to get there, he had to go through the jungle, and so he had to have a guide. And so he said whenever we were, uh, the guide would walk in front of me. He said at first it was real easy, so the trail, the path was really wide. He said, but the, the deeper you got into the jungle, he said it, it just began to get more and more narrow. And he said, and finally, he said, you know, we're just sort of kind of squeezing through branches and all this brush. And he said, finally, there is no more path. And he said, and the guy pulls out a machete. And he just starts whacking. And he said, and I'm walking behind the guy as he's whacking down all these bushes. And I'm thinking, does he even know where he's going? And he said, so finally, I asked, I said, where's the, where's the path? And the guy turned around and looked at him. And he said, well, I'm the path. And, and you know, that, that is Jesus. You know, at the beginning of life, it is, it is so, you know, when we're younger, it, it is, it, to me, it just seems like it's, it's easy to trust and to follow. And then you get older, and, you know, and you get let down and disappointed, and life begins to just sort of squeeze in on you. And, and the path's not so easy. And it gets, life gets more and more complicated. And, and then Jesus is walking before us with a machete, and he's just hacking everything down. And we're like, Jesus, where's the path? And Jesus just sort of looks back at us and says, I am. You just follow me. You just follow me. You trust me even when you don't understand, even when you don't even see what's ahead and what's in store for your life. You just follow me and trust me because I've prepared a place for you. Now, a lot of times it's, it's easy to, to think about a dream home. And it's, I think sometimes you get older, I think it's easy for it just remains a dream. We sort of give up on a dream. Or we, we settle for something less. And then Jesus says, you don't, you don't have to do that. He said, I, if you follow me, I have a place for you. And we can have confidence in that. Jesus said he would do it. He said, heaven, heaven is a, it's an actual place. It has an address. And then Jesus gives directions. 
And when he gives us directions, if we're going to get there, we follow the directions. Now, now in closing, here's my question for you. It's the last thing. You have a home? And do you have your dream home? Would, would you like heaven to be your address? Because I guarantee I want it to be mine. Now, if it's going to be my address, then I don't, you know, it's not like I just get it. Well, how, do, how does it become my address? When I trust, when I trust in Jesus, and I believe his word, and I bow before him, and I say, Jesus, my life, it is now yours, and I will follow you. See, Jesus said he is the only way to heaven. There is no other path. And if you would like to reserve your spot in heaven, then I want to encourage you where you are seated, you can bow your head and close your eyes and tell Jesus. You don't tell me, you tell Jesus. Say, Jesus, I am believing and trusting that what your word says is true. And I will follow you.